okay, just look out what you ask for. Case in point, the Republicans have their work cut out for them now that Rand Paul has won the GOP nomination to replace the retiring Senator Jim Bunning of Kentucky. And Republican leaders are already getting on board. But it's an odd train they are boarding. Republicans are preparing to embrace Paul as the man in the fall. But what are they in for? Paul is no establishment Republican, and bringing him into the fold could make for some uncomfortable joint campaign appearances as they defend his desire to abolish both the Federal Reserve, the Department of Education, and the Department of Energy. Yeah, that's a tough trifecta. You're up there with Rand Paul. He says, get rid of the Federal Reserve. Well, there's lots of people that feel that way. There are Democrats on the other side of the aisle that would love to get rid of the Federal Reserve and put in a national bank or something like it. Get rid of the Department of Education. What? Well, you want to turn it into what? The Department of Homeschooling? And then get rid of the Department of Energy. Why? Because you're sucking up so much oil, there isn't going to be any energy left? Anyway. Paul has been critical of the Patriot Act. I join him on that. He suggested parts of it are unconstitutional. You go, boy. And has said he would have voted against the Iraq War. Hey, hey, I'm beginning to like this lad. And maintains that drug legalization, really, is an argument best left up to the states. Well, in this case, he is showing his pure libertarian side. Of course, his dad is the is the banner carrier for the libertarians. The problem is, is that the libertarians kind of get... Out of touch, there's a kind of naive, almost utopian thread that runs through all of the libertarian rhetoric because a lot of it is just bloody impossible. Okay, but here's what Paul said about winning. The larger the victory, the more the mandate for the Tea Party. He didn't say the Republican Party. He said the Tea Party, and he told that to the Associated Press. He just didn't whisper it to someone at his victory party at his country club. Yeah, well, he defended being at the country club because he said anybody of any race can play golf now. Hey, look at Tiger Woods, okay? So Paul is a teabagger for sure. He fits in right with the nutcases who took over the main Republican Party and passed a platform that's that what? Here it goes. Abolishes the Federal Reserve. Hey, Rand, right with you. Calls global warming a myth, seals the border, and fights efforts to create a one-world government. If Rand is such a teabagger, maybe he ought to take on Glenn Beck as an advisor. After all, Beck is second in popularity only to Sarah Palin among the baggers. And, hey, he knows that President Obama and friends, this is a quote, are creating a global governance structure full of global standards and global bank taxes. Glenn knows that social and ecological justice and all this bullcrap is just what it is. Bullcrap. And he says, Jesus doesn't want cap and trade. So this is the kind of of nuthouse rhetoric that's coming out of the teabaggers and the people that, in a sense, speak for him. Rand Paul is not an embarrassment. He's an oddity. He's off the tracks. He's not traditional GOP. It's possible that the GOP is indeed moving into the Tea Party as part of their self-destruct. Because, as I've said before, they are disappearing in front of our eyes. And what happened in the key Uh, election in Pennsylvania's 12th uh, last week is perfect proof. Last Tuesday, the most important election 
wasn't a primary race, but rather the congressional special election in Pennsylvania's 12th, a contest to fill the vacancy left by the late Democratic representative Jack Murtha. Remember, Jack Murtha was the conservative Democrat who opposed the Iraq war. Okay, observers in both parties considered the race something of a bellwether. Democrats ran Mark Critz, a former Murtha staffer, against businessman Tim Burns, who touted his outsider status and association with the right-wing Tea Party movement as his badge of honor. So, okay, we've got a standard Democrat, right? A staffer for the for Murtha against a teabagger. And this was supposed to be a no-brainer for the Republican Party. It was the race Republicans felt they had to win. And the RNC boasted repeatedly that a victory in Pennsylvania's 12th would foretell significant gains in the midterms. It didn't turn out that way. <laughs> no, it didn't. Didn't turn out the way they hoped. The special election in southwestern Pennsylvania suggested the Democrats were able to score victories in this challenging political environment. Critz defeated Burns by a whopping eight points, 53 to 45. Though Democrats dominate in the district, its voters are blue-collar conservatives, and it is exactly the type of swing district carried by Senator John McCain in the 2008 presidential race that Republicans must win if they are to reach their goal of taking control of the House in November. The loss dealt a blow to Republicans who have been raising expectations for the fall. This is a district, by the way, if you take a look at this district, is, it is the most odd piece of gerrymandering. It looked like, it looks like a Mandel brought, uh, a figure out of, uh, chaos theory. It's just, it's, it's, it's absurd. But McCain took it in 2008, you'd think. Well, didn't work. If you can't win a seat that is trending Republican in a year like this, then where is the wave, asked Tom Davis, a former Republican congressman from Virginia, who said Republicans will need to examine what went wrong. This this is the only district in the country that backed Kerry in 2004, but McCain in 2008, suggesting it was trending heavily in the GOP's direction. If there's going to be a backlash against Dems right now, this should be the place to find it. Indeed, it was the bulk of Burns' platform. He specifically ran against Washington, Speaker Pelosi, and the Obama presidency, a pitch Republicans intend to duplicate in other competitive districts through the fall. Columnist Mark Ambinder noted that if Republicans don't win, I think us pundits in Washington are going to have to revise our thinking about whether this is a wave election year for the Republicans. Maybe it is a wave year. Maybe it's waving goodbye to that majority that they will never attain. The GOP failed spectacularly, losing on a level playing field where, in this favorable environment, they should have run roughshod over the opposition. The district itself couldn't have been more prime for a Republican victory. Well, according to one recent poll, President Barack Obama's approval rating in the 12th was a dismal 35%, compared to 55% who disapproved. His health care plan was equally unpopular. Just 30% of those polled supported it, while 58% were in opposition. And last week, perennial whiz kid Newt Gingrich said, This year we have mobilized millions of people from all over the country and they are ready to take back this country. It's going to start right here, right now, in Pennsylvania's 12th. Wrong, Newt. They gave you the boot because you ran another empty suit. And for those keeping score, there have been several special elections for U.S. House seats since the president's inauguration 16 months ago. New York 20, Illinois 5, California 32, California 10, New York 23, Florida 19, and Pennsylvania 12. Democrats have won all seven. 
Here's an odd tidbit from Talking Points Memo. Uh, As BP's high-priced industry experts flail, and they are flailing, they don't know what to do about this oil slick. They're they're covered with oil, and what are they going to do? They're not clean. They don't go down there and get those nice ladies to clean up their their wings. No, and they, they try to put domes on it. They try to suck it. They try to disperse it. They try to rake it. They don't know what. So the president yeah. has turned to a ragtag band of big think scientific renegades and sent them on a mission down there to find out what to do before it's too late. Here's a rundown of the president's gang of five. Okay. The old hand, Richard Garvin. In 1951, 23-year-old Richard Garvin was working at the Los Alamos Nuclear Laboratory when he was asked by Edward Teller to devise an experiment that would demonstrate the principle of radiation implosion. Garvin's detailed sketch served as the basis for Mike, an 80-ton device that was detonated the following year as the world's first hydrogen bomb. Uh, somehow I knew you were leading up to the old so what, H bomb. So one of the guys they're sending down there, right, okay. is, is the old father of the of the hydrogen bomb. I, so there's that. You can imagine what he wants to do. Okay, uh, I got it. I got no it. No more oil slick. No more Gulf of Mexico. There you go. Then there's the establishment man, Tom Hunter. Okay. Hunter announced his resignation recently as president of the Sandia, or Sandia, I believe, National Laboratories, mm-hmm. an, an outpost of the U.S. nuclear weapons complex that conducts high-level research for the National Nuclear Security Administration. So you got two nukies down this there This is nuki number two. Nuki number two. Oh, okay. You're winning. Hmm. Okay. okay. The third, the maverick genius, Alexander Slocum. But maybe he'll take a, a page out of uh, McCain's book and say, no, I'm not a maverick genius anymore. I never was. I'm just a genius. Okay. Slocum, a professor of mechanical engineering at MIT, teaches a world-famous design and manufacturing class that culminates in a remote-controlled robot competition. A, co- a colleague says, Slocum has a lot of creative creative ideas. One in ten are really brilliant, but nine are dumb. But you just can't miss that one that's brilliant. So I hope they don't because they might come back with nine dumb ideas. From okay, we got two nukies and a, and and a, a robot. And a robot man. And okay. a robot play, you know, player. Robot okay. idea man. Okay, the no-nonsense engineer. Let's Uh-oh. get down here. Tick, tick. George Cooper. He's got a perfect no-nonsense name. George Cooper. Mm-hmm. Cooper's a professor of engineering at UC Berkeley. He spent much of his career in industrial research with Britain's National Physical Laboratory and now serves as senior petroleum engineer at the uh, Department of Energy's Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory. Of course, Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory does an yeah. awful lot of nukes. Another nukes, yeah. Yeah, right. In fact, it does a lot. And what it doesn't do there, it does out at Livermore, which it runs. He once worked with the National Aeronautics and Space Administration to adapt mining techniques for use on Mars. Okay, two Nukies, right? Two Nukies, a robot guy, and somebody who wants to work on Mars. Uh, yeah, well, as a mining, as a mine, we just just want to go to Mars and look at the view. Wait a minute, read nuclear. a little Ray Bradbury up there, you know? No, yeah. he wants to go and mine the planet. Wait a minute, nuclear-powered mining robots. Okay, well, the last. Got, I got the picture. This is the what am I doing here guy, Jonathan <laughs> Katz. Katz, a professor of Washington University in St. Louis, focuses on astrophysics. Upon his return from a quick trip to the Gulf region with the boys, he didn't seem confident that he was much help with the mission. <coughs> so we can pick up again, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just start with this guy. No, we're okay through mission, right? Okay, here we go. Asked if he was willing to go back, Kat said, well, uh, I'd, I'd be happy to, but somebody's got to send me an email or a phone call. Well, Dave, he may not be getting that call now that he's been revealed as a virulent homophobe and climate change denialist. 
It's one thing to question global warming. It's cool. You know, I don't know. But it's another to claim that the human body, quote from him, was not designed to engage in homosexual acts. Engaging in such behavior is like riding a motorcycle on an icy road without a helmet. It may be possible to get away with it for a while, and a few misguided souls may get a thrill out of doing so. But sooner or later, referring here to the the spread of AIDS, the consequences will be catastrophic. Now, I wonder who who vetted this nutcase for the gang of five. No, 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 wait, wait a minute. Okay, so we got two nukies. We got the robot guy. Got Mr. Mars. Uh, 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 Mr. Mars. Uh, and we've Mr. got Dean the homophobic astroph- astrophysicist. I don't like the word astrophysicist when you homophobic astrophysicist. Yeah, I mean, he's somehow this. Hmm, he's I, he's yeah. looking at the wrong end of the universe. 